In fact, we selected this site because it's so easy for tourists and Florida residents to get here by automobile. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't leave these people here like this. Jiminy Cricket here with an important safety reminder. This Florida sun gets hot, so make sure you protect yourself from getting sunburned by wearing a hat or a shirt or sunscreen lotion. W, w Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 334 for the week of September 1st, 2013. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic to wherever you are with this podcast, my new Disney in a Minute videos, blog, live broadcast, live events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, CDs, and more. You can find it all over at www.radio.com. Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa recently celebrated its 25th anniversary as the flagship resort in Walt Disney World. Elegant, opulent, majestic, and romantic are just a few of the words used to describe this Victorian-themed resort. This week, we're going to add a few more words to that list as we explore our top 10 things we love about Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. In addition to our favorites, will hopefully introduce you to a few things you may not have ever thought or known about before. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as we'll have some updates and announcements as well as more of your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. June, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa celebrated its 25th anniversary, having opened that same month back in 1988. And Disney's flagship resort captures the essence of a seaside resort during the Victorian era, ties in gracefully to that same turn-of-the-century sights and sounds of nearby Main Street, USA. Both nostalgic and modern, the resort carries on a tradition of elegance, and one that helped open the resort with its black tie opening gala with VIPs, again it was 1988, like Burt Reynolds, the governor, the late Frank Wells, and several of NASA's original Mercury 7 astronauts in attendance. I don't know how they tied to the Grand Floridian, but I digress. But over the years, the resort has expanded, but it's changed very little, save for a few additions like the like Citrico's and Narcusi's in 1998. Italian marble, some Disney characters are now gracing the lobby, the, the rooms have been refurbished, and a new Alice in Wonderland-themed water play area has been built for kids of all ages. In 2011, it was announced that Disney Vacation Club villas were going to be added, and now we're awaiting their opening later this fall. It's been a great 25 years so far, and along the way, there's been some elements of the resort that we've come to love and even cherish. So this week, 
we're going to honor the resort's anniversary with a look at the few of the things we love about the Grand Floridian in this week's Top 10 and More list. And when you hear Top 10, the first word that comes to mind is Samantha Brown. But in this case, it is, of course, Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine and Guide to the Magic. Tim, my friend, I know you love Top 10s and I know you love the Grand Floridian. Uh Uh-huh. You haven't pulled that Samantha Brown out for a long time. I know. It's been a while. It's been a while since Samantha Brown has reared her beautiful head. (laughs) But you do. You, and I know you have an affinity to this resort for a a lot of reasons. I do. I do. (laughs) You are. You're a hopeless romantic. People don't know that Tim Foster, you know, behind those baby blues, which aren't really blue, you're a hopeless romantic, and, and and I think when you think about romantic resorts, you know, it, the Grand Floridian screams romance. Screams? Maybe yeah. it doesn't scream. It sort of echoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I, I had a romantic moment. I'm, I won't go into that yet. I think I probably talked about it a hundred times. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to hear the story <laughs> again. But <laughs> Of course, of conversation. It didn't have anything to do with you. Of course. But, you know, I think... I think there are so many reasons to like the resort and, and hopefully some reasons maybe we'll introduce people to because a couple of things I'm going to talk about are maybe things that people don't think about when they think about the Grand Floridian. So we, it's hard to narrow it down to 10. We probably won't, but I want you before we get started, and of course I'll let you go first, to if you had to describe the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa in mm. one word, what mm. would it be? Red. Red. Why? It's really. That's it. That's what you get. I think charming, elegant, opulent. Think, you think you think red. I think red. No, I think you know, it's funny because the the question everyone asks me, well, not everyone, but most people, and I'm sure they ask you, and we'll dispel this myth right away. Elegance comes to mind, classy comes to mind, Victorian comes to mind, but it's not a resort just for grown-ups. Right. Everybody. Right. Did you, you, if you read, now, again, we do not compare notes. It's just a, we do not compare notes. So I'll I'll be very, uh, I'll be very curious to hear um, some of the things that are on your list because I I know for a fact we are going to have some overlap uh, on here. So, yeah. And as usual, my list, it's, it's ordered not necessarily in what I think is the, it, uh, the top five and rank or order or, or specialness or elegance or anything. It's based on what I think you have on your list. So I get to it first before you do. Right. So, so my very first one, and I thought long and hard about this, which one is Lou going to have? <laughs> you know me, look at me, you know where I'm going to go first. Well, no, actually I, I, what I think you're going to have, I'm, I'm going to give you a, uh, the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to hold off on it because I'm going to see. But the first one I'm going to go to is usually at the Grand Floridian. You've got that nagging, gnawing feeling you want to go to Splash Mountain, take a ride with Bear Rabbit. How do you get to the parks? The monorail? No. That's so 1970s. <laughs> Although that's on the list somewhere. Uh, my favorite way to get to any Disney park, except for walking, is the launch boat from the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian to the Magic Kingdom. Um, 
I think it's it, there's a lot of launch boats at Walt Disney World, of course, both at Epcot and in the Magic Kingdom. The ones at the Grand Floridian Polynesian that do that circle, they're those nice, cute little ones, not the big white behemoths that circle around and, on uh, Crescent Lake and go into the studios and so forth, even though those are very nice. But uh, the launch boats are an attraction, I, I think, unto themselves, especially at night, and especially if you time it so you can see catch a glimpse of the fireworks or the electrical water pageant as it's cruising by. Um, the fact that the boats are so small and you're so close to the water, it's, uh, it's, it's such a cool experience unto itself. Getting to the park is more than half the fun. I once again, surprisingly, agree with you because I oh. love lo – because all the time when I go with friends or, or family and we walk into, say, the Polynesian – their first instinct is to start walking upstairs, and I continue on through the lobby, through the double doors. I was like, where are you going? And I said, no. You, you, get, you need to take the launch, especially during certain times of the year when the weather's maybe a little bit cooler, and you see the monorail going past you know, the Grand Floridian, and you see, like you said, at night where dusk is my favorite time to, to, to ride the launches. And because they are small and because they are intimate, you're right. I think they are like the monorail attractions and i think they're overlooked because people they just instinctively want to go on the monorail and they think it's easier or faster sometimes taking the launch is even quicker than going on the monorail itself well little secret sometimes we'll get on the launch boat we'll go to the polynesian and the magic kingdom and back to the Floridian and get off we just go for the ride mm -hmm. and you can do that there's not there's no rule against it and you get some really if you're into photography um, mm, yes you get some really nice pictures there as well too yeah, that's and, one of the best ways actually to get a great Grand Floridian yeah. shot in its entirety. So. Yeah, and by being into photography, I mean, like for me, that's Instagram. That's the extent of my photography skills. It's, so. it's not dropping the phone in the water. It is not dropping the phone in the water. So good. So the launches, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back around to this a little bit later on my list. But, you know, I need to uh, I need to take advantage of the fact that you didn't go where I thought you were going to go. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but because uh, I know this is going to tie into something that is is truly near and dear to your heart. Um, when I think of, of Grand Floridian, shocker of all shockers, I think of the dining. Oh, right? wait, 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 wait. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. Lou Mangiello likes to eat at Walt Disney World. Phone the neighbors, wake the kids. It's true. Color me surprised. But the resort dining is some of arguably the best resort dining on property because there is something for everybody. And this is going to tie back into obviously a point where we're both going to make later on. So you have things like 1900 Park Fair, right, which has two different character meals. They have the supercalifragilistic breakfast, which I love with the, obviously the Mary Poppins ca characters. Cinderella's happily ever after dinner, right, where I think – they still have sushi there. I think they have spicy tuna. No and California. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've got the beach pool bar, Citrico's. Again, a sit down. I, I love, love, love Citrico's, the open kitchen, the sauteed shrimp. You can actually get into the chef's domain. It's sort of this private chef's table inside. The, uh, um, the veal shank there is awesome as well, too. There's the Garden View Tea Room, which I also love. I've done the afternoon tea there. You could also do the Wonderland Tea Party. Gasparilla's Grill uh, outside right by the marina is a great counter service location. The Grand Floridian Cafe is a misnomer 
right? It's okay. more than it is more than just your coffee shop. I'm not going to steal it. I know where, <laughs> but we'll touch on this later. Great <laughs> breakfast. They've got arguably one of the best burgers on property. Oh, wait, don't, I, don't I'm not it. The Reuben, the Reuben, the pork chop, the shrimp and grits. Uh, I I love Meisner's Lounge. The appetizer. I, look, I love dining in in the lounges. We've done a live review of Territory Lounge and some of the other ones. Meisner's Lounge has some of the best, most unique appetizers. They have escargot, veal, mussels, an artisanal cheese tray, great drinks. You listen to the orchestra. Narcoosies, great food, especially if you like seafood. Great Magic Kingdom water views, and obviously Victorian Alberts, right? The, the, the you know the ultimate uh, fine dining experience, right? You need to sort of use the word experience there. Uh, special meal, romantic night, Victorian Alberts. You have a multitude of different type of cuisines and experiences for adults and for kids too. Mm-hmm. And and I think when you think of Grand Floridian, you definitely need to think about and need to try all the different dining options. I remember at 1900 Park Fair, the villains. Yes. Did. Do you remember yes, that? I do. I, I my picture with the Queen of Hearts. I love her. Um, I remember my mother having a, having an, a to-do with, with Captain Hook. She, she did not like how mean Captain Hook was. <laughs> <laughs> did he pick on you? I think he picked on her. And it was, it was a long time ago when Captain Hook had a really the, – the character face was very different and it was kind of scary looking – and she did not dig it. <laughs> she did not have a super califragilistic villain's meal. So, uh, well, you mentioned the burger, so I won't. Sir, I won't take it up with one of mine. But I know you say the best burger on property is at Pecos Bill, if I Only, remember correctly. Well, if I'm eating there, it's Pecos Bill's. It's usually the best burger is where I am at that moment. Are at the time. <laughs> It's like the best camera out there is the one you have in your pocket. So the best burger is the one that's in your hand or your mouth. Or your stomach. But, but, but come on. An Angus burger with, wait, it had asparagus at one point. I don't know if it has it anymore. I, I, I think it did have asparagus. It I did. think it still does. What uh, it just, still has, what it still has is the lobster tail. Are you kidding? Yeah, I know. On a burger. You're not getting that at Pecos, Bill. <laughs> I can promise you that. That's all you have to say. Come on. You need to sort of really, disc- I mean, you know. Well, you have to. You can't. You can't describe it. it I remember. But, wait, wait, but you need to listen. You you really need to describe it the right way. You you're awful at this, man. It because I, <laughs> I, uh, 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 it's buttered buttered poached Angus lobster butter po- with red get red onion marmalade oh. and ar- 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 arugula <laughs> and lettuce on a brioche bun. It does. It still have the um. Does it still have the prosciutto on there, or a prosciutto? Does it still have the prosciutto on there too? I don't. I don't remember remember that being on there. I remember it having asparagus, which I don't. And the remember. the um, isn't it the, like other, the, the horseradish, the hollandaise sauce? Oh, now the <laughs> other thing I remember was that I ate mine in pieces so I could savor the delicateness of the lobster, apart from the heartiness of the burger. Whereas you just scrunch that bad boy up into one patty and just jam that. It was like a White Castle burger, man. I just yeah. ate the whole thing. Now, the, the other thing at the Grand Floridian Cafe, I remember this, and this is a long lost treasure. And I'm wondering if anybody else remembers it because I, I swear my wife and I are the only ones who ate this. They still have 
a I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but please it, or or a or a chietta or a chietta pasta or a chietta pasta something. Like Giada G- De Laurentiis just had a stroke. When she- yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and anyway, it's a it's a it's a it's a pasta dish, but it's more of a bowl and has chicken. The one now is chicken and pros- your prosciutto and peas and asiago cream sauce. Uh, back in the day, that this had. Instead of chicken, it had a sausage to it—a really, uh, a really delicious Italian kind of sausage—and uh, we loved it. And we got it every time, but then it disappeared all of a sudden. We asked the our waiter who asked the chef, and apparently we were the only ones who ever ate the thing, which was a shame because it was delicious. Now the, the version they have now is very close but similar. But I'm wondering if anybody else remembers the older version that was oh so delicious. <laughs> clown (laughs) (laughs) come on i sold that you did i I bought it i I totally bought the uh the true see i told you tim foster has a heart and a soul and a love he has a love of of the grand floridian and the the grand floridian is it actually my turn because i didn't really take one yet i I guess well well, yeah that's that was a piggyback so go ahead let's see let's see let's see speaking of food Nice segue. Speaking of food, how does a thousand pounds of honey, eight hundred pounds of flour, six hundred pounds of chocolate, and a whole can of whipped cream? A whole can? That's something else. One of my favorite holiday spots, bar none, I think, in the entire Walt Disney World Resort, is at the Grand Floridian during the Christmas season. Oh, I thought you meant Festivus, but okay. That too, but you can that Festivus you can celebrate anywhere. For true Victorian Christmas, you have to go to the Grand Floridian. And uh, of course, what I was speaking of was the gingerbread house that is in the lobby every year. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. The Victorian, the giant Victorian Christmas tree in the lobby, I think is one of the most spectacular in all of Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World, rivaled by. Perhaps the Wilderness Lodge Christmas tree, the Animal Kingdom Lodge Christmas tree. And that one they put up in the Magic Kingdom, I guess. But the when you're talking Christmas, I think when you're talking Christmas, period, most people think Victorian, just right out of the chute. So what better place to go celebrate Christmas and look at all the decorations than the Grand Floridian is truly decked out top to bottom at the holidays and as a must-visit. I agree wholeheartedly um, because again, you're you're tying it back to food. Uh, I I, I think you can get and you can get stuff to eat there too. Yeah. Oh my god, I love the shingles. I I mean, not not the disease, the shingles. I mean, the actual the the gingerbread shingles. (laughs) We kept one for two years, though. If you do that. Think of it as a decoration. Yeah. It's not a snack anymore. And it, I, I can tell you from experience, it's not a snack anymore. It, it is a work of art. Um, and to watch it be, be assembled over the short amount of time is something pretty fascinating. I've actually known people that reserve their rooms to specifically tie into when the beginning of the construction of the Grand Floridian Gingerbread House starts so they can sort of capture it all. And, and watch it come together and then indulge themselves in, in, in inordinate amounts of, uh, of gingerbread. Uh, it's edible art. It is beautiful. And I think this sort of ties back to 
the holidays, different time of year. The Grand Floridian needs to be a stop on your resort tour because that Victorian elegance that they bring in, and I know we're going to overuse that word tonight, but the elegance that they bring in sort of that that old-time Christmas and with the, the pianist, with the orchestra in there playing the holiday music, it's spectacular. And it, the smell, the smell. Oh, the smell. That should be on the smells list. The, the top mother. smells. That's, I think it probably was. Probably was. It probably, we had many smells. Musty water. Musty water. Listen, people still talk about the musty water smell. So (laughs) um, I think I'm going to stay in the lobby. I'm going to remain in the lobby as long as we're here because I I think there there are many spectacular lobbies in in many of the Walt Disney World resorts, right? You think spectacular lobbies, you think Wilderness Lodge, you -hmm. think Animal Kingdom Lodge, well, Jumbo House uh, and Kidani Village. But I think one of the ones that is potentially described as breathtaking is the lobby at the Grand Floridian. Again, you've got the, the marble floors, the, the characters there, the, the opulence, the way people are dressed, this, the, the, the bird cage. And, but what I think makes this lobby unique is not just the rotation between the pianist on ground level that you can sit and listen to, but really it is something that's been a staple of the Grand Floridian since it opened, and that's the Grand Floridian Society Orchestra. It's mm. up on uh, the second level, right in front of Meisner's Lounge, which I'm going to tie into here as well, too. Uh, mm-hmm. They play ragtime and jazz and Dixie and, and Disney tunes as well. Every night from 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock, there are uh, probably somewhere between nine or, or so munitions up there. Uh, up on the balcony, you can uh, you can grab a drink at the... If at uh, at Meisner's, sit in there, listen to him, or even just sit downstairs on one of the comfortable chairs and relax. And it's very sort of, I don't know how to use the word. It's sort of, it's, it's transportive. It's, it transports you to another place in time. It really sort of completes that feel of what the lobby is. They are incredibly, incredibly talented. And what I like doing, Timmy Foster, mm-hmm. is going to Meisner's Lounge with friends or you and grabbing a, a beverage, or you, and sitting there and enjoying the sounds of uh, of the Grand Florian Society Orchestra. Uh, they are spectacular. They are a staple, and and they're they're a wonderful bunch of uh, incredibly talented performers as well. Yeah, that that's actually I believe my wife's favorite non park thing to do at Walt Disney World is no matter where we're staying is to go to the Grand Floridian, uh, find a big comfy couch of which there's. Many of, of course, and listening to the orchestra. I, I noticed the last time we were there, and I, I forgive me for not knowing how long she has been there, but um, I noticed a harp player has entered the mix as well. So you had the the pianist, the orchestra, and then a harp player, which was very nice. She sits up. Yeah. The orchestra thing. I thought it was cool because I was up look, watching her, trying not to stare, but staring. And, uh, got to see it's cool being there because the orchestra is right kind of i don't want to say out in the open but it's really right there so you can go up and stand right next to them and watch get up close personal watch what they're doing and Um, that's a good thing no bad seat in the house no matter if you're on the first floor second floor wherever you are and it's free it's also free so if you're looking to sort of spend a casual evening outside the parks and just sort of relax and unwind, you can spend it in the lobby of the Grand Floridian. Let's see. You, you actually took like three of mine. 
in one shot there. We might actually have a top ten in this top ten. It might actually we might actually be able to limit it to ten. We might. All right, well, for this, for my, I don't even know what number I'm on, for my next one, I'm going to go for a walk. A stroll. And I think the Grand, well, many of the deluxe resorts, for sure, um, offer, uh, not, obviously, not just the resort, not just the lobby, but beautiful grounds to walk through. And the Grand Floridian, Certainly no exception. I, it's one of my one of my favorite places to walk. Uh, it's it's so f- first of all, it's so spread out. Number one, um, it's also uh, a short distance to the Polynesian, so you can cl- include that in your jaunt and walk along the beach. Walk over to the Wedding Pavilion, which is beautiful. Of course, I'm not putting that in my as this item in the top ten, but. Um, uh, watch uh, walking around at night is is a, a wonderful experience because it, it, to go along the theming of the Grand Floridian itself, there's Victorian style street lamps all over the place, lining the walkways, which are a delight when the sun is setting or when the sun is down. And of course, if you're on the beach, you can enjoy wishes from the seclusion of the Grand Floridian beach, which is a, a great way to watch wishes. Once in a while, when you've experienced as it should be in front of the castle on Main Street. But if you have the opportunity and can see it from the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian, which is right next door, um, that's a really different way to watch them in that it's it's still spectacular, but it's quiet and it's tranquil and you're on the water. And, and again, like you could on the launch, you can watch the electrical water pageant as you're walking around. Um, but just walking around, even as you're walking in between the buildings and you're walking by the pools and the gardens, uh, the poinsettias at Christmas time, which are beautiful. Um, there's for the for the wanderer and all of us, the Grand Floridian is a great place to be. You can wander all day long to your heart's content. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to piggyback on yours with a, a couple of mine because you, you touched on them and they are ones that are on my list. Yeah, I, I too like wandering the Grand Floridian because you're right, it is spread out and not in a bad way. I mean, it's, it's 40 acres, right? I mean, it's, it's a huge resort in terms of its sheer size, right? On, on, on the lagoon, but mm-hmm. on that property, there's a number of beautiful pools and there's the beaches and there's the marinas and you know, the decor, you know, you mentioned sort of the, the red shingle roof and, and the, the, the white, intricate lattice work and the dormers and the turrets and the verandas. I mean, it's, it architecturally, it's beautiful. And again, photographers have a number of incredible opportunities there for photographs. So the decor and the layout is one of the things that was on my list because it is all about story and theming and you can walk through. I mean, look, even the way the cast members are dressed, the way that, the fact that they have the greeter out front and the old Rolls Royce and the old carriage sitting out front. If you look carefully when you go into the lobby, not just at the, the beautiful, the spectacular marble tile, but when you go into the check-in desk, look behind the cast member on the wall because they have all the little boxes where they used to have the keys, right? Way back when, when the resort first opened, they used to have sort of the, uh, the, the large brass kids. Remember what a key was? When you actually had to put a key in a lock, it wasn't a magic band or a card. 
if you ask Tim Foster, I think they'll still give you one. I don't know if they still have any, but for a long time you could go and they would give you one of the old Grand Floridian door keys that had the logo and stuff on it. So the decor and the theming and the story and the cast members is one of those things. But you also mentioned, and I'm, and this counts as two for me, uh-huh. uh, the, the, the fireworks view, right? We talk about places to watch the fireworks outside of the parks. Everybody goes to the Polynesian, right? You think Polynesian, beach, grab a Dole Whip, grab a, a cocktail, whatever it is, and sit at the Polynesian. I think the Grand Floridian dis- doesn't just have the beach, but if you go to Narcusis, there's a beautiful deck you can go out there uh, as well. But you can also... Go to Gasparilla Island Grill, grab yourself a little nosh, a little beverage, and sit out by the marina, look straight ahead, and you've got the castle front and center, right in front of you, on a nice chair, with the water. It's, again, overlooked, but spectacular, like Tim Foster. That's right. Uh, Speaking of architectural details, this doesn't count. I'm I'm just spitballing here. Um, how to get to the second floor is this a question (laughs) have you never gotten to the second floor you're you're at any other you're at any other resort how do I get to the second floor well sir the elevator is right over there or you can take the concrete stairway well there in the corner there at the Grand Floridian of course if the Grand Staircase and the cage elevator, which are worth a trip up and a trip down, just to experience both of them. That's all. That didn't count as one. I just <laughs> threw that up there as, as a detail. It really is mine now, isn't it? Are we on our last one? Officially, whoever keeps count, whoever who is really keeping score. Well, I'm, it's like watching an Eagles game. Nobody's keeping score. Whoa! Oh, too soon. Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Let's see. Um, see, I had a couple more. Well, I'm just going to keep going and pretend I wasn't done yet. Yeah, just keep We'll just go until we run out of stuff to talk about. Shopping. Yeah. Shopping. Look at you. Now, You're I, so sensitive. Shopping. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, for, for, for anybody going to Walt Disney World, one of the pieces of advice I give most often, especially if they're going in the summer or the fall or the winter or the spring, you know, when it's hot down there. <laughs> you hot. mentioned all four seasons. Because yeah, it's hot all the time. Um, you know, when it gets to be middle of the day, take a break, go back to your resort, take a swim, get some lunch. Um, now, if you're at the Magic Kingdom, one of the things I recommend that people do, one of the things that we do all the time is to take, you know, a resort break and hop on the monorail or the launch boat, whatever mood strikes you, and to visit the other resorts to relax, get something to eat, or do some shopping. And uh, while all the resorts have their own specialized shops, and which are all wonderful, um, I think it's safe to say the Grand Floridian uh, tops most of the other resorts, if not all of them, in terms of the shopping that's available there and what you can whether you're window shopping or really looking for a souvenir, all the places you can go to, um, whether it's, the, well, starting at the first floor in the sundry shop, if you need a little Chippendale snack mix, which I do sometimes. Who doesn't, who doesn't need a little Chippendale snack right. mix? And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, 
But going up to the second floor, there is such a wide range of stores to, to look, to browse through, whether you're getting uh, that Mickey Mouse souvenir at the mercantile shop, which has quite a wide selection. So if, you, if you're really looking for something, you'll probably find it there, whether it's jewelry or toys or whatever. I think I've gotten the same Mickey Mouse ring there three times. Not paying attention. I keep buying the same one over and over again. But um, there's clothing stores. Summer Lace Commander Porters, if you're looking for something special to wear for that evening dinner at the Grand Floridian Cafe with your bestie. Um, I think my favorite store, though, because it's, it's so unique and it seems like it shouldn't be there, is the Basin White Shore, Basin White Store, or Basin White, however you pronounce it, um, which is the soap store. Yes, I've gone to the soap store. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to try and explain that. Just Listen, that's story. you know what? Just, just I just I'm not going to try and justify. Just you want to go if you want to go get a little something special our, yet practical for the woman or man. And you're, listen, a lot of dudes shop at Basin too. They've got well, they've got good get, stuff. Get, get a sugar scrub, wash your hands, rinse them out in the sink, and get a bath bomb for later that night. Oy, stop! A, stop! You're making me sick, stop. man. <laughs> but seriously, for shopping, I. Nothing like it. So here's your trivia question, Tim Foster. Now, speaking of shopping, what unique, what distinction does the Grand Floridian shopping have that no other resort has? Everything is free. Everything, like every, no, come on, everything. No. Did you know that the Grand Floridian is the only Disney resort Mm. to have a dedicated men's and women clothing store? No way. Way. Didn't I right? just say Summer Lace, <laughs> right? Summer Lace and Commander Porters. Yeah. But but no other resort has those has a separate shop for men and for women. Wow. So if you want to get all dolled up to go out to Gasparilla's or you yeah. know, maybe Victorian Alberts, you forgot <laughs> something nice, you can do a little shopping. A little there Tommy Bahama for you, a little, you know. What's your pleasure? Whatever. Uh, okay. So there you go. So that, that's my only contribution I have. You can't beat a good sugar scrub. Though. You can't listen. Or a ba- I don't even know what to do with a bath bomb. So it sounds like something. You, right, for, for you get, you get. Stop, in, stop. It, just, I need to move on. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know how many more I have. Um, I have one thing. <laughs> you have one. I, so I think we probably have, I think yours may be tighter with mine. So I'm going to just throw a quick one out there too. Um, for one thing about obviously any of the, of the resorts uh, on the lagoon or Bay Lake, the water options, right? The beach, the pool, the, pool, the marina, the water taxi, the, the specialty cruises, the poolside cabanas. You can fish. There's movies under the stars. You can rent a sailboat. You've got specialty cruises and pirate cruises and the grand one, the marina, the watercraft options. And we actually touched on this about you know, you know, the best of the best things that we love to do on and in the water uh, in Walt Disney World, maybe three or four episodes ago. Uh, the Grand Floridian certainly uh, falls into that category, especially with things like the Grand One, which is unique to that resort. But one thing, and, and I'm sort of go out with this, that I love is something that I think many consider to be a weakness, right? Because of the formal decor, because of the upscale restaurants, because of the elegant lobby and the the type of theming there, a lot of people say the Grand Floridian is not well-suited for children. 
Mm-mm. Right. To that, I say nay, my friends, because no. one thing I love is that there's so much stuff for kids to do, right? Yeah. Character meals, kids programs. So you've got things like the the, the pirate adventure cruise, right? They, it's a two-hour treasure hunt, an adventure on the Seven Seas Lagoon that you can leave from um, – you can leave from the resort. Uh, that is for guests ages 4 to 12, unfortunately, because I would totally dig doing that. The Wonderland Tea Party is a, is a one-hour tea party for young kids, both boys and girls, featuring characters from Alice in Wonderland. They make cupcakes. They eat cupcakes. They're story time. They have tea or juice with the characters. They make flower bouquets. And it's kids who are ages 4 to 10 to do that. That is something Really nice. It's sweet. If you really want to sort of bump it up, you do the My Disney Girls Perfectly Princess Tea Party. If you have a little girl, it's a rite of passage. You need to dress her up, have a special tea party with Princess Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. It's hosted by this magical rose named Rose Petal. There's stories and songs and a princess parade. There's uh, food for the adults, food for kids. It is a it's it's a pricey it's an indulgence right it's it's the kids version of the Grand Floridian and the cost of the party is two hundred and fifty dollars, uh, which includes one adult and one child ages three to eleven. But they get a, a lot from there, including a My Disney Girl collectible doll and a bracelet and a scrapbook page and certificate. And boys can get a, a teddy bear and a crown, so boys can do it as well too. Uh, the arcade is is a ton of fun there as well too. All the different stuff that they do out by the pool, out by the beach. Now, the one thing, Tim, I, I was not able to confirm before recording because I I yeah. do not believe it's still there anymore. But, oh, the, no. but is the Mouseketeer Club still there? I think when they refurbished the Gasparilla Grill, mm-hmm. Gasparilla Grill, I'm not sure if they removed the Mouseketeer Club, which is, is the kids club, right? It's the kids club where you can take kids for a minimum to two to I think four or six hours. There's video games and movies and games and arts and crafts. My kids, I, I brought them there years ago. They loved it. Like mm. they, like the kids clubs on the cruise, they did not want to leave. Again, I almost sort of take it out because I'm not sure if it's there anymore and I'm really thinking about things that you can do with your kids, right? Don't let the fact that it is you know, a, a deluxe resort or the th- formal theming or that it's elegant or they have so much signature dining there and it is very opulent and it is not sort of a, a whimsical, playful thing other than the, the the play area, the Alice in Wonderland play area by the pool, which is a lot of fun, right? Which, oh, yeah. is, which is very well much themed towards kids. There is a lot for kids to do there. And again, especially having young kids to being a water taxi or monorail ride away from the Magic Kingdom where chances are you're going to spend a lot of your time mm-hmm. and money is a good thing as well, too, because the convenience of being there for your kids and with your kids rather than having to schlep them back you know, somewhere else where you have to get on a monorail to a bus to a train to a car to a tram, whatever it is, the convenience is there, too. So dare I say, Grand Floridian, well-suited for children. And I agree with you wholeheartedly, which is the perfect segue into my last one, which has nothing to do with children. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I was, let me see. I wasn't quite sure how to say it. With, well, without making it too personal. Oy. But, I, but I will say this. For romance, you can romance can be found... As you know. Did you say bromance or romance? Because we have a bromance, but I think you're talking about something else. 
Yeah, bro, that's another top 10. Okay. And we talked about that. We're going to do that another time. <laughs> <laughs> top 10 places uh, to celebrate your bromance at Walt Disney World. <laughs> well, no, actually, Launch Boat, Grand Flirting Cafe. We did kind of touch on a lot of those already. Right. But that's okay. Um, now, that we've, we've, I think we've talked about, not that we've done a top 10 romantic places to go in Walt Disney World, although I... I venture to say that's probably one of the more suggested ones you get. Yeah. Um, but we're afraid to do that one. <laughs> um, but I, I will say, while there are many romantic places in Walt Disney World, just to share with that special someone, I think the Grand Floridian has that perfect combination of, uh, well, of everything, of, of ambiance, of decor, of uh, dining options, shopping options, places to sit. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out as a hypothetical. Say you wanted to get engaged at Walt Disney World. Hmm. I could think of no better place than arranging for a private dining experience at the Grand Floridian where you will meet your butler in the lobby by the Grand Piano. And they will take you upstairs to a second floor balcony with a single table strewn with rose petals and fine silverware where you will sit and will enjoy a four, five course meal prepared just for you. If, say, you're proposing at this said dinner, the butler will bring out, if you desire, your ring in a glass slipper specially prepared by the chef as a special one-of-a-kind dessert and will present it at the exact moment that the wishes fireworks are going off over the top of the resort, right in front of you, where you have the perfect view. Just you, your sweetheart, and nobody else. Can you think of a more romantic situation? No, I've done that four or five times, and I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> and how's that work? <laughs> it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> so, um, no, but, but I, was, I think the Grand Floridian, we talk about Victorian decor, we talk about elegance. But you can't talk about the Grand Floridian, I think, without talking about romanticism and and taking that someone special there, whether you're just sitting in the lobby, enjoying the orchestra, sharing a drink at Meisner's, or celebrating a very, very special event, or dare I say, even getting married at the wedding pavilion, which I personally can't speak from experience. I don't know about you, but I hear it's pretty cool. There is nothing like a uh, a Grand Floridian wedding pavilion uh, ceremony, but what I love about this one, Tim Foster, is yes. not just you're not showing that you're you're sweet and sensitive, and, and despite rumors on the internet to the contrary, you do have a soul. Yeah, yeah. Please. That's one of those things that I will guarantee ninety nine point nine percent of the people listening have probably never heard of or never thought of because you don't see it anywhere, right? You don't see that yeah. private dining thing on a menu somewhere. You don't know that it exists. You don't know that you can do that. It's one of those things that you sort of have to hear about. You know, it's like the Panera secret menu or something. You have to sort of hear about it. So what? To, uh, the Panera or the Starbucks secret menu. Oh, okay. oh You didn't know about the Panera secret menu? We'll talk after. We'll talk, right. I can't broadcast it. So, But it is one of those sort of, you know, not so secret, secret things that – you know, you're looking for something special and okay, Victorian Alberts and and the the Queen Victoria room with a chef's table or whatever it is. That's you. You think that's sort of the the ultimate 
in, in elegance and romance, you just sort of raise the bar, right? Because mm. that's one of those things that most people probably, they say, oh, well, I could do Grand One. You know, this is something that is unique to you. You know, there's not going to be somebody at the table next to you. And it's something that is going to be incredibly, incredibly memorable. And so for something like that, I assume you call like 407-WDW-DINE to make that. Or a special friend on the inside. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I mean, I say this, uh, I'm sure at, at many other resorts you can do a similar type of thing. But, but like we talked about, grand flirting just lends itself to it. And I think anything like that, you call up your favorite travel person and just tell them what they're doing. And and like we talk about over and over again, the the people at Disney, the cast members, no matter what you think they can do or can't do, they'll go above and beyond any expectation any expectation you have. Because like you, yeah, I, I had no idea you could do stuff like this at all, or it was right. there. And the people there. Um, not only the event, not only the place where we were, but the people involved from start to finish are absolutely wonderful. And and we can't we can't speak we can never speak too highly about the cast members of Walt right. Disney World. And this is another case where they they will make literally make your dreams come true. You know, I, I sort of hate to step on the make your dreams come true because that would be a beautiful way to end it. But you're right. You know, it, it does go back to the cast members, and and we've we've done shows and, and specifically mentioned them. We touched on. Uh, sort of the unique character that they bring to the Grand Floridian. But I think that's what it is, right? And I was asking you earlier, you know, what's the word, right? Is the word opulent? Is it elegant? Is it is it charming? Is it enchanting, right? Is yeah. it sort of an enchanting type of experience? Because it does sort of take all the things that make Disney Disney, right? The, the, the service, the quality of the room, the decor, the theming, the romance, the elegance, the small touches, right? The small touches in the, the, the greeter outside, the keys behind the desk, the, the orchestra, the pianist, the harpist, the restaurants, the views, whatever it may be, those little touches are what make it not just the most luxurious of the Walt Disney World resorts, but I think one that is, um, if you're looking for someplace special to stay, I think the Grand Floridian is a great choice. But as always, Tim Foster, I'm sure that as we're going through our list, people are screaming uh, at yeah. whatever device they are listening in. Hopefully not while they're at work or on the treadmill because people think you're a crazy person. But <laughs> what is your favorite thing? What's the one thing you love or that we missed about the Grand Floridian? Please come by. Either leave a comment in the show notes, visit wdwradio.com, click on this week's podcast, you can leave a comment there. You can also tweet me, I'm at Lou Mangiello, or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash wdwradio. Keep the conversation going there. And then when you're done talking about this episode and sharing it with your friends and telling all your coworkers and standing in the middle of the town square and screaming out this episode's number, you need to go back to your padded room and go to celebrationspress.com, which is just celebrated. Tim Foster, can you believe it's been five magical, yes. enchanting years of Celebrations Magazine? Uh, I see the, the website is new and improved, just like you. Yeah. Uh, lots of good stuff going on at Celebrations Press. So you can subscribe there. You can order back issues. If you call me, I'll give you Tim Foster's home address. You can go thank yep. him in person. Yep. And he'll take you to the Grand Floridian. Yep. What, what sort of, give me, what's the, the top one thing that's magical happening over at Celebrations? 
well, new website. You said it. We just launched. Blogs, park info. It's beautiful. Just everything. It's magical. It's magical. It is magically Magical. delicious. Celebrationspress.com. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> much like the lobster, uh, much like the lobster hamburger, Celebrations yes. magazine is all kids don't eat it. It's not actually no. edible, but no. so. uh, I think you need to come back, Tim Foster. We've got a yeah. lot of interesting topics, I think, coming up. Certainly top ten ways to be romantic, celebrate romance, love is in the air, whatever you want to call it. Well, we'll probably hit that closer towards the um, the Valentine's Day season, but holidays are coming up and Halloween is yep. coming up and I'm sure we can somehow uh, tie Festivus in there. The top 10 ways oh. to celebrate Festivus at Walt Disney World. There's a lot of flagpoles there. <laughs> the feats of top 10 places to exercise the feats of strength. Yes. So, <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, thank you very much, Tiny Tim Foster. You can, again, you can <laughs> find Tim over at celebrationspress.com and, uh, and you'll find us next time, Tim Foster. You, I'm not, we're not going to share one, but I think it's been too long since we've had a, uh, a Grand Floridian burger. I'm not sharing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sharing either. Don't let, yes. I'm not going to share that either. We listen, we don't need to share. We'll just order one of everything and, and we'll sample. Okay, well, It'll be like a buffet. our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or trivia, see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, or maybe even in what you hear. I'll then randomly select one winner from all the correct entries for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So on our most recent D23 Expo recap show, I interviewed Kevin Rafferty during the Expo who worked on so many attractions in Walt Disney World and Disneyland, like the Nemo Subs and Cars Land and many others. And one of those attractions holds the distinction of being the very first that Walt Disney Imagineering created for two Disney parks simultaneously. I asked you simply to identify what that attraction was. Again, hundreds of you answered this one and answered it correctly because Toy Story Midway Mania was the first time that Walt Disney Imagineering created an attraction for two Disney parks at the same time. I randomly selected one winner from all the correct entries, so congratulations this week goes out to Tiffany Guerra. So Tiffany, congratulations. Send me your address, I'll send you out your prize package. If you played last week and didn't win, thanks for playing, but don't worry, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So we're talking all about Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa and talking about the things that we love so much. And one of my favorite places, not surprising, is the dining, right? I love Citrico's. I love Victorian Alberts. I love Gasparilla's in 1900. But one of my favorites, a really beautiful, elegant, wonderful place with great views of the Magic Kingdom is Narcoosie's. So your question this week is simple. What does the name of Narcoosie's in the Grand Floridian mean? The show's coming out late this week because of Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to everybody in the United States. So you have until Sunday, September 15th to answer. You have two weeks to answer this. You have until Sunday, September 15th at 11.59 p.m. to send your answers to contest at wdwradio.com. 
You're playing for a prize, a prize package that includes all of my audio tours of the Magic Kingdom, a WDW Radio luggage tag, button, and a signed copy of my Walt Disney World trivia book. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Be sure and visit the website over at wdwradio.com for multiple daily blog posts, contests, photo galleries, and more. Check out my new Disney in a Minute videos every week, either on the blog or by subscribing and commenting over on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash wdwradio. Be sure and sign up for our free, now weekly, email newsletter with exclusive content, contests, offers, information, updates, opportunities, and so much more. You can find the link over at the top of the page. And also, be sure and tune in every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, where you can be part of the show as we broadcast WDW Radio Live, where we talk about this week's Walt Disney World news in an interactive format. You can watch me as I talk, discuss it with others in the chat room, and be part of the show. Again, that's every Wednesday, 7.30, over at WDWRadioLive.com. You can also download the free WDW Radio app, connect all the different ways to the show and the site. It's for Android and iOS devices. You'll find a link on the sidebar over at WDWRadio.com. You know, I want you to be a part of the show, so I love hearing from you. If you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me at Lou at WDWRadio.com or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. You can connect with me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello, Facebook.com slash WDWRadio or Facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello for my personal profile. You can subscribe there. And nothing beats a handshake and a hug. As much as I love connecting online, I love being able to get together in person. Our next big e-ticket event, our dinner inside the grand, the great movie ride, October 4th, is now officially sold out. But don't worry, our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World is going to be Saturday, September 28th. It's opening weekend of food and wine. Stay tuned for the exact meet time and location. You can visit the events page over at www.radio.com or on Facebook for more information. Big thanks to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel. They're my official and recommended travel provider for all your vacation planning needs. You can visit mousefantravel.com for a no-obligation quote if you're coming to Disney World, Land, Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney. Becky and her team of agents give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, all at no additional cost to you. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, Please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Come by, comment, and share links over on Facebook. Please come by, rate and review the show and the app over on iTunes. And most importantly, I want to thank each and every one of you, not just for taking the time to listen, but for letting me share my passion for Disney with you through the show and the videos and the site and online and social networks. I am so very grateful to that. And I want you to... Do the same, right? I want you to do what you love each and every day. Remember, life is an adventure, right? It's like Space Mountain, right? It's full of twists and turns, and it can be dark and even a little bit scary, and you don't always know what's ahead, but no matter what, it's going to be a thrilling experience, and you will make it to the end with a smile on your face. So enjoy the ride. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Ryan from Michigan. I just finished listening to the most recent listener feedback episode and have a suggestion for you on the obscure Disney movie references in the parks. One of my favorite Disney movies as a kid was actually Cool Runnings, 
So I have an obscure movie in Cool Runnings with an obscure reference in a very obscure corner of the park. I would love to see a Jamaican bobsled somewhere in the Canadian Pavilion at Epcot. Since the boys on the Jamaican bobsled team made the track from Jamaica all the way to the great white north of Calgary, I would get a kick out of that and might be the only one, so it probably never would happen. But just wanted to drop that line to you guys, and uh, thank you so much for the show, and keep up the great work. I will continue to listen. Hey, Lou. This is Sarah in Tampa, Florida, long-time listener, first-time caller, leaving a voicemail with my dream of an obscure Disney movie integration in the parks. And it's actually something that has already come to pass out at uh, Disney California Adventure Park. Um, in 1992, my very first visit to the then MGM Studios uh, down here in Orlando, I actually had a dream on the then New York Backlot Tour, now the uh, Avenue of the Americas. I dreamed that the Newsies would come out and sing me my way down the street and sell me newspapers and dance with me in the street singing the songs from the movie Newsies. Um, and, of course, now at California Adventure, they have the Red Car Trolley Boys that sing Seize the Day, featured from the movie. And I just loved the choreography from Kenny Ortega and the music by Alan Lincoln, I believe. And that movie really inspired me and made me want to go to New York and sell newspapers in 1899 with the other newsboys. Um so it was really a joy to see that they've brought that to the, the Broadway stages in New York and, and out to the California Adventure Park. I would love to see more newsies in and around the parks and and especially um, in that special area, that New York section in, uh, in Disney's Hollywood Studios. I just think that would be amazing. And, and it is nice to know that after so many years, 20 years later, that movie has now had a resurgence and, and people are appreciating it for, for what it is. And, of course, Kenny has gone on to other successes with High School Musical and things of that sort. So it's nice to see that even this many years later, dreams come true. So thanks again. Have a great day. I love the show. You've got a friend in me. Yeah.